thank you to In the Know with Kat Bobineau. And my extra special guest is a physicist, Erica Morgan West. Welcome to the show. Hi, Kat. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. So what exactly does a physicist do? Oh, you know, that's a really, really good question. So if I was to answer that really quickly, physicists think and develop theory and explanations to describe the world around us. Um, and that's everything. It describes biological processes. It describes chemical processes. So it's kind of the fundamental groundwork um, for a lot of what science is built upon. Okay. Right. Coupling that with mathematics. Yes. So if anyone has ever taken physics in school, you know that it's a lot of math. It's a lot of you know, mixing together the math and the science. Sure. And for me, it was a little bit, <laughs> but that's, that's just me, you know, everyone has their specialties and physics is yours. And how did you get into that? Um, so that's a really interesting story. When I was a little girl, um, probably four or five, I think I started asking questions about how the stars stayed up. Um, I asked that question all the time. And I think at that point, my parents realized that I had more than just a child curiosity about it. Um, and they started buying me books on space and sending me to camps for STEM and math and, you know, geology, any form of science camp that was being offered at the local university. So I grew up in Nashville. Um, so at Vanderbilt, oftentimes I was there for their programs. I was at uh, Tennessee State University a lot uh, for their programs. Um, and later, um, I went to a senior uh, high school program, uh, did AP physics in high school, um, and uh, went on to graduate and start actually in engineering first at <laughs> State University. Uh, my father and uncle uh, went through that program ahead of me, and that was the intuitive choice. <clears throat> of course, physics is required uh, in engineering, and I realized that once those requirements were up, that I had more <laughs> of a desire uh, to be in those courses. I also had a really great uh, high school and undergraduate um, mathematics and physics teachers. Um, and they were super supportive of me. And so um, I started my journey at the undergraduate level doing physics, mainly in astronomy at the time. And um, after that went on to do graduate study in astronomy as well. So I, was, I had an interest in, and people supported that interest and kind of pushed me along. That's awesome. Yeah. Um... Let me ask you this, when it comes to your, par your parents supporting you and putting you in all these programs, how did you feel about that? Um, you know what's interesting? I think that I loved it. Um, so I was a, I am still, always have been a sponge. It doesn't matter what it is. I love learning new things, particularly in the STEM space. And so every science I absorbed. It was, I mean, everything, botany, uh, cartography, uh, any form of uh, science, mapping, mathematics. I was a sponge, like I was a true nerd. 
uh, <laughs> and uh, grew up that way uh, for the majority of my life. So um, I loved it. And I think they realized I loved it, which is why they worked so hard to try to find opportunities for me. That's awesome. I, I was really into science and math as a kid. And my parent or my mother mostly would put me in all these programs. And as a kid, I was like, eh, I don't know about this. But as an adult, I'm like, well, I'm very thankful that you did that. Appropriate word, because you realize that they knew you better than you knew yourself. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so I would take this time to say thank you to everyone who's watching. We did have somebody said, uh, your story is already awesome. Um, so that's amazing. And if you guys have questions, make sure you Go ahead and put it in the uh, chat. I can see it. So I will be asking it while we're on live. But in the meantime, in between time, um, so you taking all these programs, all these sciences, what made physics stand out to you? Um, so I think that might be personality type. Um, so physics is one of those things where everybody's like, oh, I hated it. I didn't, <laughs> it was awful. I made bad grades in it. And I think that's true for most people, even physicists, um, because it requires a kind of abstract thinking that really, um, you really need a lot of time and a lot of uh, energy to focus on how to formulate those problems. And it's a different way of thinking than the way the rest of school is taught. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if I actually answered your question. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I get it, you know, it's, it's a lot of people say it takes a special person to go in science anyway. Yeah, but. I think I just have this thing where, um, one, I really like knowing things that other people don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's good or bad yet. <laughs> one of those things. Um, and then not like I like secrets from people. It's just like, whoa, is that something new to know? I need to know it. I may not ever use this, um, but I like knowing it. And so you kind of need that for studying physics. And then the other piece is um, I, I, I almost never give up. I don't, I can't name a time uh, when I've given up. And so that's also required because these problems will bring you to your knees and make you feel like you don't know anything. When you get that test back, it's going to have a five out of 100 on it. And you know, those things, you know, you have to largely ignore and kind of forge ahead. Um, and I think I've always had that trait. And so I've endured it and kind of continued until I get some sort of mastery, like with the problem or at least the idea of the problem, if that makes sense. I get that. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely with somebody who got like a five out of a hundred on my physics test. <laughs> you know, my... And I just think, honestly, I had a bad teacher in college, you know, and that happens. So yeah, I had a, um, a teacher who was from overseas and when he talked, it was just like- It was just like this. Yeah, yeah I was like, I don't, I don't know what you're saying at all. Okay, you, that's, actually a, um, that's not abnormal at all. I know, that's, <laughs> that's the sad part. In physics, I, I just think if it's conveyed properly, more people would feel more comfortable with it um, and would embrace it a little bit more because it's actually really cool once you kind of get to understand it a little bit more. Yeah, I, um, 
you know, YouTube didn't exist when I went to college. So I didn't see all those nice videos of people doing physics tricks and trying to show you physics. So that's right. All this, that content, you know, there's so much content now. You can learn anything you want to learn without even stepping foot on a college campus uh, on YouTube. So you're right about that. Yeah, so I think if YouTube was around when I went to college, it'd be a little bit different, but maybe not 100%, but you know. 65 out of 100, maybe not. You know, I, I might have gotten like a D, you know, instead of that F. I don't know. <laughs> it happens. But um, so once you started going to, uh, you decided you want to do physics in undergrad, like what was your expectation? What did you want to do with a physics degree? I really, really love space. So, so what happened, it, it was actually true. The questions I was asking as a child was a really genuine curiosity. And I think once I started studying space and kind of understanding that it's really a regime that we are trying to study more and understand more, and we kind of have limited access to it, right? Because we can't breathe in space. So we can't go there and do like um, live experiments and a lot of, um, of uh, stellar work is uh, experimental and sorry not experimental theoretical you do a lot of computational kind of modeling of these environments which mm -hmm. is cool um, using satellite observations of course um, but um, again I, I lost your question <laughs> um, so I'm a terrible at this interview already no you're not you're doing great <laughs> but my, my point is uh, that my expectation was to really enjoy my science. I think that's really all I've ever uh, had as an expectation. I didn't have uh, lofty dreams. I think I wanted to go to space um, for sure. I wanted to go to, to be an astronaut and I haven't really let go of that, but kinda I have. Um, but I grew up um, watching reruns of Star Trek uh, the next generation with the Captain Kirk one if, for those who are, I'm sorry, not, yeah, the Captain Kirk one for those. Star not and I also watched Star Trek, the next generation. So I grew up, I liked the reruns of Kirk because obviously I saw Uhura um, mm -hmm. was the first, I think, African-American woman I saw on a spaceship <laughs> on TV. Right. Or somebody will have to check those stats. Um, but my mother knew that I loved it again. So, you know, I think what's crucial to the conversation and, and as I'm talking, it keeps coming up, but I, I always had a parent or an instructor who recognized that I had an inclination to do certain things and then they kind of pushed me in that direction. So my expectation was to just love the science, maybe go to space. Um, and that was pretty much it. Graduate and maybe get a job. That was my goal. At first, I didn't. I didn't really think I was going to go to graduate school. Not because I didn't want to, but I just. Um, it just wasn't on the radar at first. It was just like you know, go to undergrad, get a job, and right. see what happens next. Um, but I actually, ended up going to graduate school uh, right after. Okay. And so, when you went to graduate school, like, what was your thesis about? What did you study? So at the time I was doing um, research on solar physics and we were trying to determine if there was a correlation between the energy of solar phenomenon. So certain things happen on the sun uh, during periods of its cycle. Um, solar flares are one of those and coronal mass ejections. 
those are the two phenomena I would study. Um, and sometimes parts of the sun shoots out and hurls towards earth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we were trying to determine whether or not there was a correlation between what we would observe on a satellite and, um, and what actually arrived at earth because sometimes it arrives, sometimes it doesn't. Um, and we were using statistical models um, of the sun earth environment that are now a part of NASA's CCMC. So the work I was doing was preliminary work to test a lot of the models that are now a part of NASA's CCMC. Um, at the time it was a, we were coupling two models, something called Enlil and something called WSA. Um, we were interested in how those particles travel through space. And we were interested in the correlation between solar phenomenon and actually these particles arriving. So that, that was my early work. Um, and it was fun and it was great and I loved it. Um, so yeah. That's, that's what matters, you know. There's been a lot of time between that and a lot of different research and opportunities since that time, but it was great. Uh, and the people there were great. So I was working at BU uh, with a lot of people there. That's awesome. I mean, as long as you're enjoying your, your work, I think that's like the most important part. Uh, you can't do this if you don't like what you're doing. Like that's, that's paramount. Exactly. So um, my boyfriend, and he had me watching this show called um, 911. And it's in, they're in a, where are they? In San Antonio. They're somewhere in Texas. But anyway, it was one episode where the solar flare came from the sun and like messed up all the electronics. You know, everything was just going haywire. Is that something that actually happens when solar flares hit the earth? Do- so that's why I was doing work. Um, because we're becoming increasingly dependent on electrical interfaces here on Earth. Um, and solar flares are supercharged uh, particles. And when, they, when there's a lot of them, uh, they can deposit into our atmosphere and charge the, the atmosphere, basically. Um, make, make it difficult for us to take certain readings, satellites go haywire. Um, there have been blackouts before. Um, there was a large coronal mass ejection. They call them geomagnetic storms. Um, and it hit Earth. And there was a blackout in Quebec, I believe in the eight, 1980s. Um, I'll have to validate that for you later. But yeah, you can Google that. Um, people reported pulling at the time, uh, the air was charged and, and, and there was a complete uh, kind of blackout of the electrical grid there for a while so yes I was uh, he just corrected me on Facebook it's Austin Texas so well (laughs) (laughs) so but uh, like on the show they had the solar flare and like cars wasn't working um phones wasn't working or they were getting their tv was actually showing stuff from another country instead of what it normally would show like it was just this whole mess yeah, so there, there are potentially many things that could happen. Those are all speculatory, of course, but yeah, signals get delayed and signals get crossed. Our atmosphere is the way it is because of density. I'm your I'm your scientist. Most people know what density is if they are a scientist. Um, and so just imagine increasing the density of our atmosphere, which means that those signals have a much more difficult time traveling through that medium. 
Um, and so that is why signals get crossed. Sometimes if they're supercharged and hit electrical grids, it changes the circuitry or coding sometimes and makes things malfunction or read things differently. Um, I guess if it's super supercharged, it could act like an EMP and, and you know, take right. out electrical systems on cars since cars are now uh, highly electrical. Um, but yeah, all a possibility. But um, but there are people who actively work to get Congress to pay attention to the fact that there's a huge star in our solar system that could potentially like do things to us, and and we really need to kind of safeguard against that. Well, I know you brought up Congress and the government. But I'm not even gonna go there with them because they just that's funny. They don't want to listen to science. That's all I'm gonna say. They just don't. But that's. Um, that's another story. So after uh, undergrad and you went to grad school, what was your next step? Was that when you went to NASA or did you go somewhere else? So uh, we could just fast forward um, through all of that. <laughs> NASA came much later. So I actually did not have a conventional path to finishing the, the master's degree. I actually stopped and started several times uh, my mother uh, passed away and um, I ended up, so at that time I was at the University of Michigan um, in their applied physics program, but ultimately took time off uh, and did not return there, made an attempt to return, but ultimately ended up not doing that. Um, then I got married. Um, yes. And so when I got married, um, moved to Florida and ended up finishing my master's degree at Florida A&M University. Okay, okay. Yeah. And so that, in that time period is when I went to uh, first Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. Um, now I'm actually out here in California, but that's unrelated. <laughs> so I went to Livermore first and there is where I got into um, computational advanced materials. So <clears throat> in space, obviously there are all of these supernovae and other um, astrological things, astronomical, sorry, things that happen. Um, we cannot recreate those um, in the solar environment per se, but Livermore has a laser called NIF that is trying to recreate um, fusion um, in their laboratory. Um, which is what happens inside stars. Yeah. So they're doing that by um, super compressing really small, really dense material. Um, now it's carbon. And so we've been computationally modeling that process as well. And I learned several different software languages there, learned many different techniques there, mastered my Unix and Linux environment manipulation skills. So it was really, really a good, uh, time there. Uh, then I came back and continued to develop that. I got the opportunity to go to the University of Amsterdam to do, so there's an organization called CCAM. It's the oldest organization for the study of molecular dynamics um, and other things too. They, they have many, many, many different lectures and series, <clears throat> but I went there to do a, uh, to be a part of what they do called MOLSIM which is basically a boot camp for learning these techniques. And you basically code all day, do lectures in the morning, but it was also really, really great to interface with people from all over the world who were doing these problems. 
um, and you learn that everybody is struggling with the same things. You also learn from really, really smart people uh, that maybe your problem is not something that you need to be focusing on and maybe you need to switch gears. So that was something that I, I learned as well um, when I was there. So it was great, awesome as well. Um, and then finished that and graduated um, that December. So that was in a January, I graduated in December. So in January, I was in Amsterdam. In May, I went to NASA and continued that work. Um, at that time, I joined a group who was doing international space station experiments. So all of the materials you used to build spacecraft have to be tested first. Um, and you can do advanced material testing on that. A lot of times it's, mo you know, you, you're doing that computationally, but I wanted to develop my experimental side. So I moved to a group that was actually trying to do experiments in space on these materials. Um, and so they were sending these materials on different rockets to the International Space Station and they were testing them for several cycles. Um, that's what they call it. And then um, sending those uh, materials back. And once you get them back, of course, you're doing real live testing on those. Um, and then simultaneously, uh, duplicates of those samples are being put in real, um, real, um, we're doing experiments in the laboratory as well to see how those match up <clears throat> and learn several different instrument techniques doing that. Um, and so now uh, I have moved to California. <laughs> So now what I am doing is taking all of those skills. Um, I've done two things. I have formed a company uh, and I am going to be doing real data analytics on different materials. Since I've done it in astrophysics, I've done it in advanced material science. I'm going to try to do that in other arenas as well. And so that is the goal. So you're, you're hearing it here first. No one actually knows this, uh, but my husband. So <laughs> that, I appreciate that. So that's what's going on now. Um, it's been great. If you want to start a company, this is where you come. Silicon Valley uh, is a great place. There's so many smart people. Um, and they have really, again, pushed me. But again, I have this thing about myself where I, I don't quit. I'm a huge sponge. I keep going. I don't really stop. Um, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about that. So I'm licensing technology. I had got my first license actually two weeks ago. Congratulations. Um, I licensed technology through NASA's technology transfer program. And, um, yeah, I'm going to be starting my first, um, prototype here really soon well you have said a lot sorry <laughs> <laughs> I'm digesting it um I do want to say I feel like I need you as my mentor to make me do more with what I'm doing in life so yeah <laughs> connect more after this because you're amazing <laughs> You're amazing. And someone says she is a real black woman, well accomplished and a go-getter. All right. Thank you. Okay. Tell you something. When I'm feeling low, I'm coming back on your show. I was just read the comments. <laughs> That's fine with me. But I mean, like everything you said was just amazing. Like no one has a straightforward trajectory. Y'all have 
ups, downs, sideways, you know, but the point is you found what you love and you kept going. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'll, I'll, I'll be even more honest with you. There is, there will be a time if there's something that you really like and you really love and you want to do it, there still will be a time where you decide, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm tired. I don't feel like it. I'm just going to lay down. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm just going to be an underwater basket weaver for the rest of my life. And, and it will happen. Um, but what I mentioned earlier to you, it's so important to be selective about who you include in your life. So everybody may not have a parent that's pushing them or even a teacher that's pushing them. But when you're choosing your friends, which are the people you actually get to choose, um, <clears throat> be sure that they are people that actually um, want to see you do well. Right. So when I was trying to return to physics, um, I, you know, my mother passed away. Um, she was kind of a, she was the matriarch in my house and it, it really destroyed all of us. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really could not function. Like I just could not do it. And so for a long period, I did not deal in physics with physics um, or any of that because I didn't have the energy uh, to continue. I didn't have the motivation to continue. But again, um, I don't know if, if, you're, if you're a Christian, I don't know if there are non-Christians on this call. Sorry, non-Christians, I didn't know you were coming. But <clears throat> the truth is, <laughs> um, you know, sometimes something, whether people calling it God or they wanna call it whatever they wanna call it, there is something that um, is implanted in you from the beginning that gets tapped into or you'll receive a reminder. So when I, before I got ready to go back to school, I went to, uh, we go to um, Massachusetts for every year for a vacation. And I went to this random dinner. Uh, there were lots of black women there and we were eating and talking and a woman asked me what I did. And I told her, well, right now I'm kind of taking time off. I just had a baby. And I'm, you know, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. So she asked me what my training was. I go through this whole history that I just told um, And I told her that I was kind of done with it. I was just going to rest. And, you know, my husband was going to support whatever decision I made. So this woman literally said to me, listen, you just need to go back and just touch physics. Like, just go back and touch it. And you need to go back and you need to finish that in the name of your mother. Now, this woman doesn't know me. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but that happened. And so I went home. I was like, oh, man, maybe I need to. And so I did. Like, I, that's, that is the only reason because or, or maybe something else would have happened later. Who knows? But I was I was so tired and my life was awesome. That was the other point. Your life gets to get an awesome cat. Yes. You know, you have a boyfriend is great. You may have a job that pays you well. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's what happened. So I went back and I finished and sometimes you, you know, life chooses you. You don't necessarily, uh, choose your path. Cause we chill. I think if we chose it, but you know, this definitely chose me. And so I've kind of gotten back into it and we're kind of stuck together, no matter how much I try to put physics down. <laughs> I, I completely understand. So like, you know, like I said, my background is in biology. I love biology. And like you, I am a sponge when it comes to STEM. 
But, you know, when I look at TV or, or listen to a, a podcast or something like that, it's always, I'm this genius in science, listen to me, you know, and I can, I got this degree in one thing, but I know everything else about science. And it's like, well, that's not true. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's probably not true. I mean, if you're in science, um, then you know that people are lying because <laughs> science is really hard. And then the other piece is that, um, the other piece that people don't talk about in science is that it's really a, uh, it's about a social interaction as well um, and your ability to connect with both researchers and collaborators, right? Uh, funding, all of that is a social interaction that people don't really realize is present and oftentimes is the root of the issue for African-Americans, particularly African-American women um, moving along in the ranks. <clears throat> so that part can be super discouraging as well. Um, yeah, so again, you just have to surround yourself uh, with the right people um, and, and get yourself your own funding. You gotta... Two real talks. Somebody said facts with like five exclamation points. <laughs> Wait a minute, not five. <laughs> five exclamation points. Yes. Yeah. Facts. Facts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got. But yeah, um, like for me, I love telling the story of people in STEM because you get to see more people in it and you get to see more diversity in it, but then you also get to hear the real behind the job. Yeah. Now, like we can, I love animal biology, but do I like trekking through mud to track? Not all the time. No. You're a jerk at my job? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there's always one. There's always one at your job. That's just trying to convince you that you're crazy, but it's really that they're a jerk those people yeah yeah and it's always one it just never fails there's one person that you go to work and you'd be like oh, okay you here you're not you didn't call in sick today yeah exactly <laughs> you, you don't have to be here it's fine but yeah. Yeah, you yeah. you just keep going you know and it's it's one of the it's hard to do like usually i would do this podcast at a friend's studio you know everything's set up camera set up everything you know, I come in, I put some makeup on, like, boom, let's go. But shelter in place happened. Then I found out the weekend of shelter in place that I was pregnant. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. But it also came with morning sickness and nausea and having yeah. fever. I, I got, so I found out I was pregnant um, at NASA. <laughs> uh, we were supposed to be moving to Nashville. Um, and so I had moved all of our things. I was gonna take a permanent role at, in Huntsville at NASA um, and had begun that already um, to learn that my husband was not going to be taking the role in Nashville. Um, and so I was gonna have to go back to Florida. So there's so many things that I haven't uh, talked about, but yes, I found out I was pregnant in the middle of all of that. Mm -hmm. um, I also started um, having sickness. Uh, luckily, my the I, there were a tremendous number of women in my department, uh, and so they were all like, "It's okay, girl. We'll see you when you get here. <laughs> we'll see you." Because I I couldn't make it. I wasn't making it. Um, and so my um, actually an elder uh, in my family 
told me that that morning sickness is because of a, a buildup in your lower intestine and you need to start eating beans, uh, legumes or beans. And I did. And it helped? Yes, because it's, be so, you know, we don't want to give too much information about what goes on when you first get pregnant, but because something isn't happening, you're not able to move all of that out of your lower intestine and you are getting, that's what the nausea is. I get what you're saying. I have some green beans upstairs. Maybe I will roast them. You need black beans, red beans, uh, lima beans. Oh. Those kind of beans, not green beans. Okay, okay, okay. I think I have some black beans here. I have to double check. All of that will do it. Basically, I need, yeah, push. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll close out that subject. <laughs> there you go. And my partner just said thank you for letting us know. <laughs> That's why you are getting nauseated for you to, yeah. Good to know. But yes, so I was saying that to say I was doing shelter in place. I was like, how am I going to do my show? In fact, I canceled like three shows because I was like, I don't. I can't do this. I'm laying in my bed. I'm not doing any of this anymore. But, you know, talking to people, people missed it. You know, my partner was like, you need to go back to it. And so I got like a green screen and some lights off of Amazon. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to do it from home because this still needs to be done and people's story needs to be told. And it was long ago and you've surrounded yourself with people who said listen we know that you are tired and just found out you were pregnant however <laughs> yes that you need to be sharing with the world it helps out exactly and that's that's kind of what happened and so um i think someone said steve said that's the person who fears your talent trajectory the most i guess he's assuming that the, the asshole at your job is probably that person yeah definitely you yeah, yeah. That's usually why they're acting that way, I've learned. Um, as I'm more mature now, as a younger woman, I was definitely irritated by this person. Um, as an older woman, I try to show that person grace. And then I try to uh, communicate with them, include them, um, and like, you know, figure out ways to collaborate. I mean, if they actually are a jerk, then you'll know after, you know, making those attempts. But oftentimes those people are just unfamiliar um unfortunately while you're trying to do that science sometimes you have to do that that work as well um makes the job a little bit more difficult but yeah that's what um I ended up doing now as of late we'll see how it goes matured to that level <laughs> but as something that I'm gonna I, I might have to take and put into my wheel box you know reach back uh for the grace of the ancestors for that girl i don't you know i don't have that in 2020 my mother taught me to show people grace i only do that's the only reason i do that <laughs> i think my mom tried i was just like uh, -uh. I, I took after my dad i was like no oh you got a problem okay but i'm working on it i'm working on it <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah anyway it takes a lot to um get into the sciences and stay in it especially as a woman of color as a black woman you know we have that glass ceiling we have that imposter syndrome we have things and in the jerks at our jobs who 
who don't see us in those lights and they kind of push it down. And um, so how do you get around that idea of imposter syndrome or there's a glass ceiling that you're, you've obviously breaking through? Like, how did you get to that point? Um, <laughs> um, so I'm not really sure that um, I got over imposter syndrome. I think what happened over time, because um, the sciences have a way of convincing you that you don't necessarily have the ability to continue. It makes you, you know, makes you question whether or not you're competent enough to do it. But it's um, it's not about that. Um, it's about the person who is willing to endure mm -hmm. to stay even when it gets hard. Um, and so that is what I vowed to do because I certainly had battles with imposter syndrome. And it wasn't even that I thought I wasn't competent, right? You have to think about how ridiculous that is. The idea that you have a, you know, a bachelor's degree in physics or in your case in biology and then ultimately go on to graduate school to study those things. You know, you had to step back and evaluate that. And to be honest with you, if my mother had not passed away, I would not have stopped and evaluated that situation in that way. I would have continued with that same kind of heightened anxiety that you see most African-American women carrying when they move through these spaces. And we got to have a sister, uh, we have to have a powwow to, to encourage, you know, I, and I'm serious, like you have to have these powwows to encourage each other to move through the space. Um, and so that was happening as well. Um, I just, I stopped and realized I did not have to do it in that way. And since that time, I've been unapologetic about that. Um, it doesn't matter who asked me. I don't care who it is. I don't care where they are. I don't care what job they have. I don't care what role they're holding. I don't care who, where they've been or who they know. I do not allow people to question my competence. It doesn't matter what it is. Okay. And, and here's why. When I move into spaces, I notice that my male counterparts, uh, white or otherwise, um, pe people don't do that to them. Like, and they don't even care about it, right? No one assumes that um, they may not know something, right? They walk in the room and everybody just kind of assumes that, oh, well, we're here to do the same. And, and as a woman, even, I've walked into some spaces and, and you know, just encountered genuine awesome folks who said, hey, come on in, let's do the science. That has happened to me as well in a few environments. Um, but in environments where that did not happen, I just act like you should assume I'm competent. Now this offends people. <laughs> let's be clear. Yeah. People, not, not everybody, but some. Um, I'm not rude or nasty. I just don't act like I, I am. I, I don't act like people should deal with me differently or treat me differently. Um, and I'm unapologetic about that. But again, that was after years of kind of deliberation post the death of my mother. I don't think that I would be in that space if that had not happened, to be honest with you. That's, I mean, that's amazing. That's walking in that space with your head held high, like I belong here. Yeah, like that, I mean, you know, once you realize that it's not about um, permission, right? People, we, we walk in and we're looking for permission from people to kind of exist in this space. Like that's, I mean, that's not what you need to be doing. You don't need to be asking people for permission. Everybody comes to the space because they like science or they want to do science or they want to achieve some goal. Like it's, you, you're not walking in to find out if you can come in, like you've already 
been hired, you've already been admitted to that school or that program or that whatever. So now your job is to just build your own resume. Like don't be concerned about anything else. Um, and while that I'm saying it in a way that uh, sounds like it's not hard, it is. Um, but but you have to again keep keep the faith, and you have to keep people around you that are willing to kind of build you up when you're feeling low. That's that's my literally that's my formula. I'm like, okay, you know what? Where are we going next? Let's work on it. Let's get there. And once I get there, I belong here. And then let me make sure I have friends that know I belong here. Make some allies in the space. Make sure my husband's on board. You know that you know that's you know that's what you have to do. Just create your community and be sure that you know what you want to do. That reminds me, and I don't know, I don't care if anybody's a fan or not, but it reminds me of Beyonce formation. When <laughs> just like, I see it, I want it. I go after, I'm gonna get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how it's supposed to be. It is actually. Um, and that, that shouldn't be something that people are like debating over and like trying to have a meeting about. Like, what is, I applied, I got it. I'm here and here we go. Like, let's just, <laughs> yeah. I'm here for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the whatever committee team or whatever bought me in, they saw it. So you know. Um, and so I'm here to do that. Yeah. I'm here. They said, I feel her point of view. Yes, drop that hammer. Okay. Listen, you have the best viewers. <laughs> <laughs> I try to, you know, that's what I said when I had emailed you. I keep it positive. We try to make sure that you are seen in the best light and that everyone sees the amazingness that is like a rate of coming from you. That this is like a ministry that you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> this is a ministry that you're doing. Like you really need to keep this up. Please let me know how I can continue this for you if you ever run into any issues. Well, I mean, you find some funders in Silicon Valley, you, you let me know. We can talk after this. But yes, yeah, so um, what are your uh, plans with your business? I know we talked about it a little bit. Like, what do you see or your goal, like five, 10 year goal with what you're doing? So in five years, <clears throat> I'd like to have five um, licenses. Um, I would, I, so what I mean by that is um, you go through this uh, licensing process with uh, NASA where you, I, so for example, I have some projects and then I go through their technology and I see something that they are making available now to the public and then I license that. I go through their licensing process uh, to do that. And so I'd like to do that at least once every five years um, and, and work on the prototype if that's applicable because sometimes it's just software um, and I'd like to have at least five of those under my belt in five years and so the goal there and this is now unrelated to science but I also um, am about women particularly African-American women developing their financial portfolios and so in this in this season I'm developing intellectual property um, and that's what I'm I'm trying to do. Um, I am also going to add my children because what I also did mention is right after I had the first child, I got pregnant again and had a second child. So I actually have two children a year apart. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to add them to some of the licensing 
just so that they already have assets. Um, and this is something that my husband and I talk about um, regularly. That's another thing. If you are attached, like let's, we're not talking about nothing if we're not talking about how we're gonna be financially peaceful. <laughs> so that's, that is, um, sorry, that's unrelated to this topic, but yeah. In the scientific space, it's important for you to establish and build your own resume. I talked about that earlier. So when you go into these roles that you're getting either at NASA or wherever you go, um, it actually doesn't even matter. It doesn't have to be a big name place. Wherever you are working, um, your goal is to do what they are asking you to do, contrary to popular belief. Whatever they are paying you to do, you need to be doing that. Right. Then find time to develop yourself in a way that you can highlight on your resume so that you can leverage that to move to the next space. Um, and that is the strategy that I'm doing now. Now I'm adding intellectual property because I want to be both a scientist, theoretical, I've done that. I've tried to be experimental. I've done that piece. And I have a strong computational background now. And now I'm moving into a space where I'm going to be a STEM entrepreneur. And so you want to build a company. Um, and I want to employ people. Um, next. So five-year marker, five uh, licenses, and potentially five prototypes if that's applicable. Um, Ten years from now, I'd like to be selling that company. Okay. Uh, the five years I would have built these um, software packages or prototypes, and, and that the next five years um, build basically a data analytics firm around that to analyze data from any source, whether it's pharmaceutical or space or biology. Um, so yeah, that's the goal. And then I wanna sell that later and do nothing. You know, I ain't mad. You got a yes, an amen, an agreed, and another yes. <laughs> you know, it's funny because my nine to five, I'm a financial coach. And I, I work with uh, primarily people on parole or on probation, but just getting, you know, getting their finances together. But, you know, finance, that's that's the M in STEM. That's the math. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got it. Now, that's how you're supposed to make it do what it do. <laughs> and we just need to have a party. We need to have a Zoom party after this. <laughs> or you know because um, one of the things that we don't do in our community very well is push each other and promote each other yeah yeah and, and you know we see somebody's talent and we say you know their talent even if their talent is the same as my talent if they doing it better I'm gonna push them and be like you know what you doing what I do but you're doing it better so let me push you and learn from you at the same time the, the idea that we can uh, collaborate has to be something that we begin to adopt as a group um yeah now it's something so if, anytime I encounter somebody that I if I can help you I will if I can't help you then I'll, I'll say that I just like listen I, I'm not gonna be able to contribute to this but if I can help you I will certainly uh do my best to do so and that's the thing you know I'm, I'm the same way I me I'm more of a people I know like 
people will be like, hey, do you know a scientist who does this? Or do you know a math person who does this? I'm like, well, yeah, I probably met them along the way doing this program. So here, here's their Twitter. I'm not gonna give you their like phone number, email, but here's their Twitter, their Facebook, <laughs> something. Yeah, I actually have all of those things, Twitter and Instagram. And well, I don't have- With the audience. Oh yeah, so you can follow me at, on Twitter at, at Erica Morgan West. The same is true uh, on Instagram at Erica Morgan West. And on Facebook, I'm Erica Morgan West. It's easy. It's not hard at all. Very simple. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, if you guys have more questions, things that we didn't talk about today, and you or you just want to get to know Erica Morgan West, she's so easy to find. Yeah, you can find me um, anytime. Yes. Yeah, so questions about life. <laughs> I I just love the fact that you are including your children and you are making sure that they have security, you know, at the at the end of the day. You know, that's something, another thing, unfortunately, we don't always do in our community is set that, not only set the example, but give them a step stool yeah, for them yeah. to, to the next level. Creating wealth for them. Yeah, you're right. So that's uh yeah, so I, I want them to do that. My daughter is uh, extremely bright. She reminds me, according to my dad, she's a lot like me. Um, so maybe she'll go into STEM, maybe she will not. But I would like for her to have the opportunity to do that, mostly stress-free, right? Like if she's going to be struggling, let's just only have to deal with the jerk, right? We don't need to be worried about other things. Um, so I'm trying to create a situation where she doesn't have to do that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm hoping, I've already told all like my friends, not just in STEM, but out of STEM and everything like that. Like all y'all have to mentor this child that I have. It's a village. Yes, be a village, be in their lives. When they get of age, like 14, maybe they can come spend the summer with you or volunteer. Yeah. Job. Yes, intern. That's, what, that's the point, right? That's what I meant about hiring people. I think, you know, we've got to move into these ranks um, and began to create um, real power in the scientific community. And what I mean by real power is the ability to acquire funding, issue funding, and hire people. Mm -hmm. And so that is a frontier that, um, not that isn't happening. It, obviously, there are scientists who've done that previously, but we need to do that on a large scale. We need to do that in a way that's inclusive um and um again be unapologetic in the way we do that <laughs> yeah i have this role for this person like this is who i'm hiring I'm just so i have a, do you have a great ip attorney if not i can refer oh well you can refer someone actually so I, I i do have someone but i am open to others let me please send that to me uh you can either you can probably email me on facebook yeah steve add her on facebook Name's Erica Morgan West. Very simple. Yeah. Send me a message and let me know who that is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we also got, we got you and network and friends is how we do it. So yeah, I'm all for that. That's right. Yeah, well, I'm, hmm? I'm excited about this. Are you excited about this meeting you've created? I mean, aside from the fact that you have scientists on, that's awesome. But like, yeah. I'm I love especially now that we're all sheltering in place. I think this is now going to be the way 
we communicate with each other. And now that we, that genie's out of the bottle, it's going to be really difficult for us to put it back and go, oh, well, let's go back to our workspaces and do what we were doing before. It's going to be like, nah, man, we can just stay at home if we want to, right? Let's go out and maybe have dinner and wine, and then we'll come back and do our virtual thing uh, when we're at home. And the thing about it, I just thought about it. I don't know why I didn't think about this earlier, probably because of other things in my life. But, you know, I do this at 630 at night because I'm at work and I'm trying to get people who home from work and get them going. But this might be something I have to do maybe around 10 in the morning, maybe for kids to get on and be able to see, you know. Yeah. And so that is my point. Like, I think you should um, widen your audience. Yeah, well, especially while we shelter in place and I have to be at home, I could do this earlier in the day. So, you know, audience, let me know what you think. If I should do this at like 10 in the morning on one of these days and get a scientist, do you think the kids would enjoy that? Who would enjoy that? The parents, not about the kids. (laughs) Love that. Thank you. Give them a break from uh, homeschooling. Definitely homeschooling. Okay. Hmm. Listen, a little thinker. So um, we are uh, pretty much out of time. Is there anything else you want to share before I let you go? Um, I don't have anything major. I just hope that whoever's listening um, was able to glean something from our conversation and that they're motivated to do whatever it is they want to do. Um, yeah, and, and if you can't do it yourself, identify places where you can receive the help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm going to let you enjoy your Wednesday night. All right. Have a good night. You too. All right. There we go. Hey, guys, I'm new to Zoom, trying to figure out, but Zoom, as you can see, does live to Facebook. So I can do a um, video on Zoom and you can see who I'm talking to. So that's amazing, I think. I still need to work out the kinks. Um, I don't know if you've heard any background noises or anything like that. So just let me know. But I am working on it. And uh, I don't know if you saw the first part of the video. I had canceled a couple people, but I'm going to bring them back. There's some more scientists, technologists, engineers, more stories to tell. And, you know, if you were, if you're a teacher or even homeschooling and you think that this is something you want to be a part of, you know, during the day, I can also use Zoom to live stream to YouTube. So you don't have to be on my Facebook page. I can just do a live stream to, um, to YouTube. Oh, so Danielle says the background dinging noise. Yeah, that's my computer. Whenever anybody sends me something on Facebook. So I'm, I'm figuring that out. I'm going to figure that out for next time. Um, I had to lock up my dog. I don't know if you guys heard him barking. I can hear him barking because he's very mad at me that he's not on here right now. But that's what happens when you have to do the program from home. So he's going to be all right. But I do want to say thank you to everyone who joined in tonight. I know it's been a couple of weeks since I've had a, a live podcast on Facebook Things happen, shelter in place happened, couldn't go to the studio. So now I'm doing it from home. And I really hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoy being in a t-shirt and shorts to be able to do this podcast. So 
Make sure you join in next time. I'm gonna let you know. It might be Wednesday again, or it might be another day during the day. Still gonna figure that out. So thank you guys and have a good night.